the name of the show. Do good, feel good. Now you're in the know. All right, here we are, live in West Palm Beach, Florida, with yeah, Jamie Hilliard. You guys have probably heard of Jamie. She's very famous. I'm working on it. It's easy when you have famous friends like Lauren Cantrell. We're both peeing in the pool right now. <laughs> it's lovely. So to feel good, we're in a pool. And yeah. to do good, we're going to learn all about Jamie's life and the things that she's done to benefit the world. And the company that she helped start, helped found? Um, yeah, well, Yoga for Change is a 501c3. It's a nonprofit, and it's based in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, we teach yoga to four distinct populations. We teach uh, yoga to vulnerable youth, people experiencing incarceration, um, which is the population I work with the most, veterans, and people in substance abuse programs. So um, Catherine Thomas is actually the founder, but um, I was definitely um, a part of the organization from the beginning, and I'm a big, you know, teacher in the incarcerated populations mostly, so. And how do you, so basically you go into a jail or like a prison and work with the residents or yeah. in, is it inmates what's the proper term yeah yeah inmates um they are our students and they are just they're people experiencing incarceration you know um so it's mostly jails um we are in Duval County, um, the pretrial detention facility, which is a jail. We're in the Community Transition Center, which is like a facility for people that are about to transition back out into society after finishing their sentences. They also have drug rehab programs and stuff like that. And then we're also at Montgomery Correctional as well. Awesome. And have you had much like experience with this population like before working with Yoga for Change? No, actually. I was mostly trained um, with Yoga for Change to teach trauma-informed yoga. And um, I was a yoga teacher before, just teaching in studios and teaching around town and whatnot. So it was a really cool experience to actually learn how to teach people um, of this distinct population through the amazing workshops that Yoga for Change provides. So, um, yeah, it's just been a whole journey journey of learning as we go and making mistakes you know like what kind of mistakes well you know there's things that walking into another world like that that you only know in experience you know it's not something you can prepare for so like so for instance making sure that you're aware that there are some body parts that some people might not have like one time um I was teaching a class and I was like, reach your arms up over both ears. And I made like a joke, like hopefully you have two. And there was actually someone in the class that did not have both ears. And and they all started laughing. And I was like, uh-oh, what? And one of the gentlemen in the classes did not have an ear. He was missing an ear. But he was, I apologized profusely, obviously. And he was uh, very sweet about it. He totally understood, you know. From like a gang fighter, like something? Like a violent? Oh, I, I don't know. I mean, he had a whole bunch of scarring around that area. So I don't know what it was from. I don't really ask questions yeah, yeah. like that. But... Yeah, so just like learning that 
some things you can't take for granted, you know, and that it's not going to be a regular yoga class like you might experience in a studio. It's going to be, it's going to look very different, and you really have to just meet the students where they are um, in those situations. You're going to have a lot of interruptions, a lot of distractions, and things like that, so not letting those things kind of get to you is important, too. Cool. We have a random bystander that is, like, swimming up, and it seems like he's interested. <laughs> so here's just my friend, JD. Here's a quick question, JD. What's your life mission statement? <laughs> uh, if it makes you happy, do more. Yeah. Amen. Snaps to that. Snaps for JD. We can put some audience uh, clapping on the soundboard. Will it work? Because your finger's all soggy and wet. <laughs> We're literally in a pool. We think it works. Cool. <laughs> but the, have you made any friends through this position? Like, with, the, with your clients? Yeah, well, it's it's hard to say necessarily, like, that they are friends because they are first priority is safety, of course. So it's not like as soon as they leave the facility, I'm, like, finding them on Facebook or anything like that. But they will come to our community classes, which are classes we hold around the city so that people can access our teachers. And so sometimes I'll see them at the community classes, which is amazing because that means that they're continuing their practice and that they're keeping yoga a part of their lives as a way of healing. So in a way, yeah, they're like friends. They're friends of the organization. Um, and they speak about their experiences um, to, you know, other people. And so it spreads the word. Um, but, you know, we also keep in mind that we got to keep that professional boundary yeah. and not like necessarily socialize with our students outside of the yoga for change experience, you yeah. know? Rewarding, I assume, than teaching like a regular yoga class. I don't know. Is it? That's an interesting like question because I feel like as yoga instructors, we get rewarded through sharing the, you know, the experience of yoga and the growth that yoga provides no matter where we are. But I do kind of feel, I can't lie, I do feel a sense of major accomplishment going into a facility like that as opposed to a studio because when you teach a population like that, they take there are things that are mind-blowing to them, right? That like people in the studio have been experiencing for as long as they've been practicing. Yeah. For instance, I had a student during one of the classes tell me, I didn't know I could just feel my fingertips. Like to them, that was a mind-blowing experience to just feel their own fingertips. Whereas at a studio, you might have someone like that too. You never know what kind of um, trauma is coming in the door, whether it's a studio or a facility like a jail or a rehab or whatever. So, um, but it is interesting to get feedback from people that don't typically do yoga or experience yoga in a studio setting. So it is kind of its own little category of rewarding, I suppose, you know? Yeah. I feel like as a yoga instructor, you're giving a lot of yourself and you're trying to give yourself from an authentic place and connect with the room and like really stay in tuned and also other people's energy you're sort of absorbing, you're sort of tapping into and trying to instruct from a place of helping that room be empowered. And so it does take a lot of like energy, feeling connected, breathing, you know, you got to be present in your own body. You also have to make sure you're keeping up with your own practice and your own self-care in order to deliver self-care in a, in a, you know, in a valuable way to other people. So yeah. What drew you to yoga and why did you decide to become a teacher? 
Well, actually, it's funny. I was, um, I think I was like 20 um, when I took my first yoga class, and it was a Baptiste hot power class, and I was not wearing the right clothes, and I did not have my own mat or anything, but my friend, Eileen, I worked with her. Um, she was a hook. And we're back, and I don't know what recorded and what didn't, but here we are now in a hotel room. We're just going to go with the flow. Yeah. I'm going to just lay here with y'all. Yay, cuddle up. So I'm here with Jamie and Adam, and they met on Meet, Meet Mindful. Why don't you do a little promo for Meet Mindful, because a lot of people don't know what it is. <laughs> so Meet Mindful is a dating app, and it's kind of geared towards people that are into things like meditation, yoga, mindfulness. They have different sort of categories for people to like describe what they're into, whether it's like green you know living green or um i don't know do you remember some of the other you know sustainable living and yoga meditation you know whether it's like buddhism or taoist or you know um you know different conscious religions and Mm -hmm. but i feel like that might sound intimidating for some people Mm because like they might not think they're conscious enough or like Mm -hmm. mindful enough like are there some normal on the verge of mindful people that are on the app like maybe what i would be well i think you're making some assumptions about yourself that aren't true because i think you are a super mindful person i mean you literally are the host of a podcast called do good feel good and that is super conscious and super mindful and I think everyone is on a spectrum, you know, whether you consider yourself um, a, like, expert in, like, a certain realm of mindfulness is is all a matter of perspective because we're all on a different plane of, you know, of consciousness. And so if as long as you're in, I think, the practice of being open then like yeah go on there like go see if there's other people that are also on their journey to be more conscious and aware and mindful of how they're spending their money of how they're you know spending their energy and things like that so I don't think it's a necessarily like hard line between people that aren't mindful and people that are mindful you know what Mm -hmm. do you think babe yeah it's definitely a spectrum and everybody's journey goes at a different pace um, but I also think that, you know, jumping into a relationship or exploring, you know, meeting people with, you know, somewhat of a like mindset, um, it's a an opportunity for growth because you, you can learn a lot from another person. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. These are very good points. I have, as you know, fans, had some guests on the pod that I've met through Hinge. Perhaps I'll have a guest on the pod soon from Meet Mindful. But well, enough. Here we are. Yeah, I mean, like, a date. <laughs> oh, a date, yes. Mm. All of my friends are like, you need to stop having your first dates as podcasts at your house. <laughs> and I'm like, mm. And it's because I'm using the dating apps as a way um, to conduct business. So maybe I'm just going about it the wrong way. But I don't I, think so. I think it's all a part of your journey and finding people. And, and, and honestly, having a great conversation with somebody is a success you know it doesn't have to mean you guys have to date forever or be in a relationship or get married it's just like you get to document yourself and how you engage with another human like at the onset and that's a really cool thing it's very vulnerable so i acknowledge you for that thanks jamie now let's talk about shit corner do you remember what this phrase means 
shit corner no <laughs> this means you haven't really been listening to the podcast i've i've okay admittedly i've listened to only a couple episodes but i am a huge fan okay well shit corner is basically something that's shitty that's happened to you recently that you want to vent about and get mm. off your chest oh mm. oh do you have one babe mm. Mm. <laughs> look at these oh, mindful no. people they have nothing to complain about yeah, i'm pretty <laughs> I'm pretty open-minded and, like even you know, a, just a, accept what it is and move forward from there. So, you know, we vent to each other a bit, but, you know, see, too serious. Nothing that this I is why I don't think I can meet someone from Meet Mindful, because, like, I need to be able to vent about, like, the stupid oh, yeah. shit, like what I vented to you about today. <laughs> well, what did you vent about today? It's not something I can discuss on the air. Well, is there another shit corner that you would like to vent about? I want you to vent about your shit corner. Nothing bad has happened to you recently? Nothing slightly annoying? Um, have I complained about something recently? Okay, well, this is great, y'all. <laughs> like, okay, Jamie, aside from doing yoga for change, what do you do for your actual career? I'm a school counselor. And what made, what brought you to that field? So I was a teacher. Um, I went into education in college um, because I was <laughs> turned away from journalism. Um, I was originally going to do journalism, but somebody, like, turned me off of it. Ugh, I don't even know. So I went into education, and um, I was a teacher for four years in Duval. I taught middle school English. And, um, you know, I really loved being a teacher and connecting with kids, but what I didn't like about it was having the pressures of teaching to a test and having my, you know, lessons feel like they had it to be geared towards, um, you know, certain things and methods. And so honestly, the days that I enjoyed the most were the days that I just scrapped the lesson and just talked to the kids like about life Yeah, and they got so much out of that too. And so... I had, um, during my time as, um, a te- an early teacher, I was doing my yoga training, yoga teacher training. And so I kind of thought, you know, in my quarter life crisis, I was like stepping away from teaching. I kind of wanted to get out of Jacksonville. My grandmother just passed away. The man I was with at the time passed away. So it was like all of these things were hitting me. So I kind of ran away to Hawaii and reflected on what I wanted and I wanted to stay in education but I wanted to take a step up and incorporate some of the mindfulness and um, you know things I learned through yoga training so I thought school counseling was like a perfect fit um, so I got my master's at UNF um, in school counseling and just got my first position this past school year and so far, I'm really, I'm really enjoying it. I was, antici- I was thinking about going into high school, but I actually stepped into an elementary school to start off. And I think that was a really good move for me because I'm able to be a lot more flexible and a lot more creative and a lot more imaginative with yeah. the role. Um, and it's not, you know, I don't have to worry about scheduling classes and things like that quite yet. But eventually, I do want to work my way through all of the grades, like elementary, middle, and high. And so, like, when do students come to a counselor? Like, um, I, I 
created this system of like see my counselor slips that the kids can fill out I give copies to their teachers I leave them outside my office like they can get them from me in the cafeteria when I'm on lunch duty like if they feel like they want to see a counselor they can just fill out the slip to let me know and that's their way of communicating and it's a great way for me to like let the teacher know that they want to see me to like let them come to me or whatever but there's also referrals from other people like teachers you know they let me know like this kid has been going through something I don't know what but they're sad or they're not participating in class or they've been really um you know agitated like you know, different things that show up in the kids that um the, the adults in the school notice and want the kid to get further guidance maybe they've been getting in a lot of trouble and things like that so yeah there's all kinds of ways that students are able to see counselors wow that's really really inspiring <laughs> and I think like because you're in ele- you're working in an elementary school and you have you did say elementary school. Yep. We've been drinking mojitos all day. Mojitos! Um, <laughs> like, the fact that you've been working in an elementary school, I feel like you're such a good fit for that since you have, like, so much experience, like, in the theater and yeah. also, like, as a storyteller. I feel mm-hmm. like you can connect with kids and, like, maybe help them visualize their problems in a different way. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's on point, and thanks for pointing that out, because it is going to be an evolution, you know, through time, and I do love to use storytelling as a tool. I love I love to help the kids use storytelling as a tool mm-hmm. to help them, you know, get out their frustrations, their pain, um, and help them heal through, and their storytelling could be different. It can be verbal, it can be through writing, it can be through coloring, it can be through using m- manipulatives. We have some awesome, Adam got me some some like dice that they can roll the dice and it has different pictures on it and they can use the pictures that the dice land on to like tell a story and like that can be just a fun healing thing for kids to do um you know even some simple things like breathing um you know just uh, uh, things to help them feel more present it's it's very it's very enjoyable to watch a kid actually take tools that they learn from you and use them and then come back to you later and say, I tried this and I like it or like journaling or I tried, I actually tried what you told me to, you know, try and it's, it's been working, it's been helping. And so it is, it is a really nice, I feel like I've got just a dream job, honestly. This is what the part in the podcast where I bring up, hopefully it will be a future podcast and that's the Enneagram and Jamie is, like, a, definitely a type 2, even though she said she didn't remember her Enneagram number, which is the helper. Mm. And it is, like, to a T. Like, in everything that you do, even, like, your extracurricular things, you're still helping people. Mm. It's, like, so ingrained in who you are. Yeah. Do you have a comment on that, babe? Mm, no, I agree. As yeah, my partner? Absolutely. Do you see that? Mm-hmm. Do you know your, yeah. your Enneagram type? No, I don't, actually. We're going to do the quiz later. I've done it. But I don't remember. We'll do it again. And I've gotten mixed results, I feel. But <laughs> it depends on the day. Yeah. I'm a helper today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, y'all. We need to bring some funny light stuff into this podcast because not everybody who comes to the podcast for inspiration. Sometimes they want to hear like juicy gossip or like really funny things. Oh yeah. yeah. And you guys don't mm-hmm. have any shit corners, so we can't <laughs> even do an inner tickle. So oh, oh I have something. Mm-hmm. Alright, there's a new segment. It's called Grind Your Gears. Yeah. You know what really grinds my gears? Yeah. Talk mm. about your pet peeve. What grinds your mm. gears? Do you have any pet peeves or are you above Ooh, that as I've well? I've got one. All right, so when you're standing in line somewhere and say you're like the second person in, well, say you're the third person in line. So you've got one person at the counter and then the second person, if they stand back, 
like five, six feet away from the first person in line really bothers me. You know, like you're making it crowded for everyone behind you and you have like five feet of space in front of you. You know? Wow, that's so interesting. Is this like specifically in grocery? uh, Yeah. No, any any line. Any line? Any line, yeah. I feel like the the second person is being like conscious of the first person's face. Right, but if you're at the sacrifice of the third person's face, <laughs> you know? It's because, like, who's so, behind you doesn't matter type It's a very thing. altruistic pet peeve. I'm like, really the fun. second guy doesn't want to be <laughs> creeping over the first guy's right. shoulder, though. Yeah, you know? but I'm, like, I'm talking, let me like, watch you, you know, check out. You give, you give, like, a good foot or two, you know, whatever, but if it's, like, an abnormal amount of space, and I see it all the time, and it's, you know, I see it all things. the time in society. It's, a, it's been happening. It's everywhere. Oh, it's right. It's mm. hard knocks, yeah. What you got, Jamie? A pet peeve of pet mine, peeve. just like what in really public, or like anything, anything that grinds your gears, girl. Well, Trump grinds my gears. Oh shit! Mm. I mean, you want to get to the fucking like deepest of the things? It, he is a symptom of a like larger problem in our nation right now. And so, my pet peeve right now is like close-minded people that have no consideration for the safety of our most needed, you know, our populations. Like, you know, I teach inmates and I teach, I, I um, I'm a school counselor for youth. So I'm, I am involved in the populations that need the most attention, but are the most neglected. And mm-hmm. it's just painful to be in a, a progressive quote unquote society that is so short sighted when it comes to our most needy, you know, populations. So I'm just day to day, like trying to keep my, you know, self from exploding on the things that are being left, you know, in the margins, you know. Yeah. So, well, and Jacksonville's like the fifth most conservative city in the country. So, mm-hmm. I think like you're probably facing this a lot more. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, we see it everywhere. We hear it on the news every yes. day like ignorant people saying things, getting all of their like knowledge from Fox News. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like you probably mm-hmm. you're like inundated with it because it's mm-hmm. all around you in Jacksonville. And yeah, yeah, so I, I feel like surround ourselves with you and there know, are like-minded there are people, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but, you know, Jacksonville's and it, very much Jacksonville like just South turned Georgia, blue, you know, for the first yeah. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm proud to be it part of a really... kind of underdog city that's still figuring out its identity. There's still All a right, lot of y'all. I'm so sorry. We have to pause this and switch to the next tape. We're running out. Back to Jacks. Back to Jax. Yeah, Jax is just, it's growing, you know, and there's a lot of space, obviously. It's the, literally the largest uh, landmass-wise city. And there's a lot of grassroots efforts and a lot of, um, you know, people coming out of the word, woodwork and fighting against, like, that first Baptist church mentality that we have there and that kind of conservative, you know, track mind. So i'm proud to be a part of it um it's my home city and i'll always be proud that i'm from there and i'm glad to be a part of its um evolution towards more an open and inclusive mindset you Mm -hmm. know so it's exciting to be in a city where you know there are these kind of grassroots movements and they're all really small which is frustrating because there is an overwhelming majority of people who are either very conservative or just stuck in that mindset that their parents gave them mm-hmm. you know growing up um and then there's a lot of just apathy too so yeah. it's you know exciting to try to spread the you know all you have to do is just be involved mm-hmm. like you, you really yeah. care about these things but you're gonna take some action too yeah so. well, that's what grassroots exciting. movements are all about like in dc like we have a lot of passionate people 
we can be passionate all that we want, but we don't have someone that's going to fight for us in Congress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, we have the grassroots efforts are what changes policy. Like, you have to change policy at the local and state level, and then it moves up. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think we take, uh, we don't really consider our more local um, politicians, like our mayors and whatnot. Like, that's really where a lot of the change can be made, you mm-hmm. know, and you're, and then, like, people going out to vote for those. You know, um, positions and not just doing the big, you know, yeah. presidential voting, but also yeah. in your so yeah, because you can see city councils, you know. yeah. You saw like with the Trump, like Trump victory, that like all around all the universities except UNF, it was all blue. But UNF, like Jacksonville, mm-hmm. was still red. But with mm-hmm. this like latest, yeah. like it was Andrew Gillum, I think that mm-hmm. for Jacksonville voted blue. Mm-hmm. And that was like a first, I think, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I don't know, or it was like yeah. one of the first times. Yeah. And it was like a huge mm-hmm. deal. Well, you, you and I grew up together. We grew up in a very up, middle to upper class white community. Yeah, and a lot of our high school friends are still in the conservative, yeah. mind, like still are very much Republican and still very much lean to that side. And I know you and I, I know in the past we've been around some of those people and like, yeah, you took it a lot more gracefully than I did. We can talk about the exact ex- experience. I don't know if it was Memorial Day or Fourth of July, but Jamie and I were on the beach and I was wearing like a, a like patriotic bathing suit. And I was a Bernie, like hardcore Bernie Sanders supporters, and like all of our friends were like, "Why are you here? Like, why are you wearing that? If you're gonna support a communist, like, blah 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 blah." Yeah, they were. And it was like super offensive. They but were I being. Have, I just felt like they were being super rude and disrespectful of you. But yeah, you, they were. They're more your friends now than they are mine. Like I haven't kept up with them really, and so I was like. I'm leaving now. I'm not going to listen to them talk to you like that. You're like an amazing person and you're up to wonderful things. And here they are with their fucking, you know, excuse, can I, can I cuss on yeah. your podcast? Yeah. Oh my God. Anyway, <laughs> here they are with their just, they're not like, I was judging them. Honestly, I was just totally like, they're not doing things as significant with their lives as you are. But yet here they are trying to like bash you and your beliefs and you're not doing that to them. And so yeah. it just angered me. Honestly, my Yogi was completely out the fucking window. <laughs> I know. It's really hard because like I have a, like one of my best friends and I don't think that she's going to listen to this, so I'm just going to say it. Like, she told me that, like, she voted for Trump because I was, like, so adamant about, like, against Trump. Just to spite you? Yeah, like, so she, like, she had to vote at the very last second. She, like, ran out her door to get to the polling place before it closed <laughs> and voted for Trump. Yeah. And I was like, that is literally probably the meanest thing anyone's ever said to me. Like, yeah. Like, to say, like... That grinds my gears. That fucking grinded my gears. <laughs> That's a shit corner. So, like, mm-hmm. like, the fact that you voted for Trump actually offends me. Like, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. everything that he stands for is... It's hurting people. Yeah. Like, he's literally creating divides in our society and, like, destroying the planet. So, like, that actually offends me. Let's just not talk about it. Like, mm-hmm. the, if you're gonna rub it in my face mm-hmm. that you... I don't know. Like, I can't even just really describe it. Like, really hurtful. Yeah, like, it's like, I think, mm-hmm. I, I honestly see voting for him as, like, an act of hate, which mm-hmm. sounds, mm-hmm. like, maybe a little bit Yeah, and, and honestly, and it, it may not even be, like, Trump the person, but it's Trump the, I like, Trump the mindset, really, that's destroying the planet and doing these things, you know? And, and it's hard, I know, for me, because my parents voted for Trump. Yeah, so like, I. I come from a conservative family, and I'm kind of the black sheep, right? Yeah. That's, like pushing up against that stuff and it's really difficult to be in a family like you know 
a Sunday afternoon together and they're speaking about these things and I sometimes try to pipe up about it but a lot of times I just yeah like you learn to sink into my chair because there's almost no point you know so it's tough coming from a conservative community a conservative city but I'm proud to be in like working towards the betterment of it I feel like people like me this might sound like kind of full of myself but I'm like my cousin was like come to move to Colorado you're gonna have more like-minded people here I'm like yeah but I feel like I'm needed here You know, I feel mm-hmm. like my efforts here are are much more, um, like just needed. Honestly, like yeah, like you, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You right. can make more of an impact in Jacksonville than you can do in. Colorado. There's plenty of yogi, mm-hmm. you know, yoga teacher, school counselor types, hippie types, or whatever you want to call them in Colorado. There's so people are flo- our friends are flocking to Colorado. Yeah, so I don't blame them. Like it's an amazing what they've got going on with the legalization of marijuana. Like it just it's very sens- sensical a lot of the things that they're doing, and so it is watching that from a distance and going, wow, I acknowledge that. That's beautiful and uh, there's work to be done here. You yeah, know? for sure. It is a sacrifice. Preach. Okay, so that grinds your gears. Now we're going to talk about what's your life mission statement. You know, this is something he and I both have talked about wanting to actually sit down and create together because we read um, Aubrey Marcus's Own the Day and, and he talks about creating your mission. Like your mission as individuals but also your mission as a couple, right? And... Um, I haven't really created a solid mission statement yet, but it's along the lines of using storytelling. And that can be through teaching yoga. That can be through being a school counselor or a a thespian or whatever, all the different aspects. But using storytelling as a way of helping people heal. Mm -hmm. That's kind of like my big mission. And that's can be with family it can be with friends it can be in all kinds of different situations but like you know creating a space where storytelling and sharing and honoring your own story can be a method of healing and I just want to foster that and create that like throughout my relationships throughout my life and throughout my evolution that's amazing I feel like most people that I ask that question to they like are so caught up by like uh don't be a dick or like something. <laughs> like, well, yeah, you actually, yeah, but the fact that you've Some actually like put thought into it before mm-hmm. is like really awesome. Yeah. Well, I'll probably have some better wording or a better, like, actual mission statement at some point, and I'll share that with you, and you yeah. can update, you know, the accordingly, fans. but... <laughs> when you share it, I'll make it into an Instagram post with, like, a cool font, and I'll Ooh. be like, Jamie has solidified her mission statement. Can you do, like, one of those weird graphics where it's, like, the 80s-looking sunglasses on my face that are, like, you know... Like pixelated or whatever. Thug yes. life. You yeah. Know, thug, thug life. life. Yeah. Is and, that what it is? Uh, yeah. yeah. And then I'll have another like slide, and it will be like one of the thousands of tattoos that I saw you save on Pinterest. When you, oh my gosh, <laughs> I say, my whole Pinterest is nothing but like tattoo ideas, and I have no tattoos. Your audience should know. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. One time, like Jamie didn't know that her tattoo ideas were popping up on Facebook, so she had <laughs> saved like 
79 different Neverland tattoos. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm so glad I've been part of this process. Like, <laughs> I just, like, Thank God you told me, though, because honestly, nobody else, like, mentioned it. And I was like, the, all of these tags or whatever they're yeah. called when I, like, pin, or it's a pin. You could have uh, pinned some weird shit. I did. Like, oh, I'm into weird shit. I'm, I'm into it because my only tattoo idea that I ever wanted is, like, this giant, I would want it to be, like, on the cover of Tattoo Magazine or whatever. It would take up the whole side of my body. And it would have, like, mermaids in the water all creepy looking. It would have, like, Tiger Lily with her titty hanging out. And, like, you know, Tinkerbell could be, like, a light on my shoulder. And, like, Peter Pan would be doing something badass with his dagger. Don't think Disney. Like, not yeah. Disney. It's, like, Jan Barry badass Peter Pan. That's, like, the only tattoo I ever wanted. Maybe I'll get it when I'm, like, 80. But That's the pr- premiere time. Like, the best time to get a tattoo is when you're, like, 80 and your skin's, like, ripe for the tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> they have to, like, stretch it out. Like you'll know what you're getting. (laughs) They tighten it, and it's like it looks like a hot young girl. And then when they let it go, it's like all crinkled up. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's what I wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went from like a grape to a raisin. Exactly. (laughs) And that's what it's all about, folks. Were you gonna share a mission statement? Do you want to do a life mission statement? I saw you pull something up. There's just a uh, one time when I was uh, starting yoga, which I'm not a yoga teacher, but I I do practice quite a bit i saw a little sheet of paper in the yoga studio that really stood out to me and uh it's a sanskrit uh but the translation is beautiful so the sanskrit is loka samasa sukino bhavantu probably butchered that but <laughs> the <laughs> translation is may all beings everywhere be happy and free And may the thoughts, words, and actions of my own life contribute in some way to that happiness and to that freedom for all. Oh, I love that. It just spoke so deeply to me, and I think that should be everyone's uh, intention in this world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's more, you know, there's always more, but as a base, as a baseline, I think that Mm -hmm. everyone should be happy and free. Mm, Love it. Well, I'm so happy that you two found each other. <laughs> like just like watch some just like laying on a bed. In a hotel. In a hotel. It's raining outside. Yeah. Dave Matthews playing in the background. Jamie's wearing her like tie dye robe. Adam's <laughs> laying on her no shirt. And it's just like so nice. Like you guys really deserve each other mm. and like I can't I can't think of like few guys that I know that would have like taken a picture of that and like took the time to learn about mm. it. Yeah, I think you guys are great for each other. Yeah, and I think I think for meeting people, like just again, like it's not about where on the spectrum of mindfulness you are necessarily, whether you're mindful enough for someone or not. It's about just knowing that you're working towards a similar mm-hmm. direction. Like you're always on the up and to the right of of the graph, you know, of the, the chart. Like everyone's mm-hmm. working to go up and out and like if that's the direction that both of you are going it doesn't matter if you're exactly aligned or that your practices are the same or that they're as frequent as one another like it's just that you're both moving in the same direction I think that's what's been really great for us you know because we both work at different paces he Mm -hmm. takes his time I'm a lot more fast I'm a lot more outgoing Um, he learned from me I learned from him and so it's a really balanced you know relationship and I'm really I'm really excited I found it because it was it was hard you know my 20s sucked 
Like, I went through some abusive relationships, some emotionally abusive, physically abusive. Like, it was a hard journey, but I would go through it all again to to land here in a place mm. that's just embraced, you know, more embraced and more loving and trusting, you know. And it, I think it took going through what I didn't want in order to know and feel what I do want, you know. So that's my advice to your fans. Just stay open, you know. It doesn't matter where you are on the spectrum just whoever you meet if you both are kind of going towards the same ideas then that's really what matters it doesn't have to align perfectly all the time you know amen sister mm-hmm. and on that note we're about to run out of tape again nice so this is like this was a great app. this was fun i'm excited to see what responses come will you actually share it even though we talk shit about trump what do you mean like, are you going to be allowed to share it? Is it I off can, brand for yeah, your company? Of no, it's fine. <laughs> yes. I feel a little bit weird because I feel like he's nestling your bosom. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everyone. It's <laughs> <laughs> the do good feel. Sing with me now. Do good, feel good. It's the do, do good, good, feel good, good show. Sounded sad. Muy bueno.